0: Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. We are now up to episode 13 of Recruiting Hell, and it is definitely, uh, again, time to bring in more resources for you, our listeners. And today's episode is actually our first part two to a topic that we visited back in episode eight, which was self care. Uh, This wasn't actually planned as a two part episode, but we had so much packed into the first part. And still another few pages of content from our guest uh, to get through. So I thought it was very prudent uh, to bring her back on the show. But before I do, for those of you who are just tuning into uh, Recruiting Hell for the first time, I do always feel it's important to outline the purpose of the show and why we call it Recruiting Hell. So Recruiting Hell is a term that I use to describe the frustration of job hunting in 2020. If you head to any major job site or employer, there are endless opportunities but it's gotten a lot more and more difficult to land those opportunities for the average person. The whole goal of this show is to give you those tools to help you find a job that brings you both fulfillment and self-worth. Now, not everyone defines their self-worth on their job, but here in American Culture, we place a very heavy value on being a contributing member of society and really not hating what you do every day to pay the bills is of huge benefit to anyone regardless. So the whole goal of this show is to help you navigate through recruiting hell by avoiding the scam jobs, the bad employers, the too much work for too little pay, and the mental stress of being jobless or in a position that you absolutely detest. We're here to help you keep your chin up after your 200th application with no response, your 50th rejection email this month, or a great opportunity ghosting you. In a nutshell, this show is about helping people. And if I can help just one other person out there land a new position, get them out of recruiting hell, That's a win for everybody involved. So again, now the formalities are out of the way. It is once again my pleasure to uh, introduce and invite Christine Berry, licensed professional counselor to our show today. Christine, welcome back. How are you?
1: I am great. I'm happy to be here again. This is gonna be a great episode.
0: Yeah. And your episode was, as we were talking about before we you know started rolling the tapes here, uh, your episode was a wonderful hit, and I think it really resonated with a lot of people. So I am I'm thrilled to have you back. You're actually my first two-time guest, so I'm I'm proud to say that. <laughs> so let's kind of do a, a quick recap for some folks who are maybe joining us for part two before part one, because yeah, hey, you know what, you can have dessert first. Um, Christine, could you give us a two to three minute sort of summary of what we talked about last episode to bring us up to speed on what self-care is and how we're going to kind of continue that today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking about self-care, um, and how it is very much more than the treat yourself mentality. Um, so really the takeaways from the first episode that I think are important are first, uh, the four types. So we've got emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual. So I'll break those down. Okay. Emotional is your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. Um, working with the Karens in your life, working, um, <laughs> on setting boundaries uh, both with yourself and with those people that are around you uh, being mindful of like the toxic relationships that you have with other people. Um just kind of being mindful of that. So that's emotional, uh, physical is health and well being. So making sure I think the, um, like kind of the metaphor that I used in the first episode was to make sure that you are feeding yourself in whatever way you need, because if you're not feeding the parts of you that you are going to be working, how are you going to get that job? How are you going to, um, I think I mentioned, um, If you go into an interview and you didn't sleep all the night before, it's just going to put you at that lower notch than you probably want to be, and you're not going to be the person that you want to portray. Um, So that's physical. Psychological is personal and professional development. And the takeaway from that is making sure that you take the time to look into things that you may not have looked into before, or maybe you came across a hobby that you know you thought to yourself, oh, I want to learn more about that, or um, you know, it could be something completely innocuous, something that you didn't ever think about before, but you came across it and now you have the time in between, you know, doing job applications or updating your resume or whatever that is, and you want to do something for you because the more marketable skills you have. The better, right? So um, like I said, CEUs can be fun. Um, right. yes. that's so that's, like, so that's psychological. And then the other one is spiritual. And that isn't, oh, I need to believe in a higher power. It can be if that's what it is for you. But it's getting in touch with that part of yourself that really is authentic. So taking a nature walk, going to a church service or a religious service, if that's what you're interested in, Um, whatever it is for you that kind of gets you back to that center place. So those are, those are the four. So again, emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual. Um, and then the other takeaway I think really is, um, we were talking about feeling your feelings and how that's kind of my tagline, but I really think that it applies to everything. You have to be mindful of who you are, what you want, what's going on for you right now. And once you can do that, then, Everything else kind of falls into place, but you really need to feel your feelings first before you can do anything else. So I think Got those it. are the, the core concepts.
0: Right. And again, if anybody is, you know, going to be be watching this episode, you know, looking back at episode one, there's, there's a whole lot more in there, but I think that's an excellent little summary to say, hey, if you're really interested in more of this, you know, there's 55, I think it's 55 minutes or something oh, like yeah. that that we oh, went wow. on for.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: longest episode ever. I mean, you're taking the (laughs) cake on so so many things here, but that that's good. Okay. So jumping kind of back in to where we left off, uh, you know, we talked about the, the four types of self-care, uh, something that I've kind of preached in, in earlier episodes of this show is when you get this, this unemployment or, or whatever it might be, you hit this, this snag in your life where it's, Oh, I need a job or, or I have income, uh, issues, if you will, you know, because we're on one income, uh, a lot of people say, well, we got to cancel everything. We got to get, you know, just bunker down and, and do these things. You know, I, I often encourage folks to cut back, but don't cut out. Mm-hmm. And for those, again, who are maybe new to the show, uh, that's where you reduce the amount that you're spending on on non necessities. And, you know, some little luxuries are very good to have, especially when times are tough. They can kind of be that little, little island, that little rock for you. So, Christine, I want to ask you, if somebody were to, you know, just kind of take the chainsaw to things and cut everything out, what happens to somebody who takes too much out of their life when it comes to things that aren't work-related?
1: Yeah. So my, like, barometer for these things is always the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And for people who aren't in therapy work or have never heard of it before. Basically it's levels of what we need in order to attain what Maslow called self-actualization, which is kind of that, um, I want to say like oneness with self. Um, And so I'll go really briefly through kind of the tiers, but the very base level is your physiological. So that's food, water, shelter, right?
0: Sure. Right. Things you need to live, right?
1: You have to do these things, right? You <laughs> need these things. And so, okay, all those are checked off. Great. Right. Next thing, safety. So some of those kind of go into physiological because obviously housing could be safety, um, but it's security of your body, um, maybe employment, uh, other resources, Uh, supporting your family in other ways other than just financial, but maybe um, connecting more with your family um, because that might be your safe place. Next one, love and belonging. So friendship, family, intimacy of any kind. Um, The important thing with love and belonging is that we are social beings. We need others. And I definitely mentioned this in the first episode that we, that we did that we are social beings. We're interrelated. We need that. So, you know, I might only, I might want to cut out going to certain family events because that might be extra gas. That might be, but is the money that you're spending on the gas to go there or do that thing or go to the movies with your family? If that is creating for you a bond that gives you safety, love and belonging, and meets some of your like physiological needs, that's important. That's not something that you should cut out, right? So that- Yeah. So that, that love and belonging, if part of that connection includes spending money on a couple of like family outings or um, different, you know, things that you would do to connect yourself to the outside world, really kind of look and, and see whether or not that's worth cutting out. Because if that's how you as a person get your needs met, then maybe that's not something that you cut out. Right. Um, now we can always, you know, reduce the amount of something that we do. I'm not saying go out every day and get that interaction with people, right. but it's important to connect some way. And if you are extroverted and you're just going to sit in the house every day, all day, you're going to go nuts.
0: You're going to climb right? the walls, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you're going to be like, oh, I need to like, you know, I need to see people. And so, so if that's really important to you, if that's how you feel cared for, you know, That's something that's really important. Next one is steam, self-esteem, confidence, achievement, uh, earning the respect of others. These kinds of things are really important because self-esteem is integral to who you are as a person and who you show others and how you show yourself to others. So if you have low self-esteem and you go into a job interview that's not just going to affect your performance and what you say, even if it's scripted, right? Because what happens is they'll go into that interview and you'll be hunched forward, or you might not- I'm sitting
0: sitting back further in (laughs) my chair.
1: You know, know, all these things are related to how you feel about yourself and how you portray yourself to others. And so I'm not saying play a role, but if your self-esteem is tanking, because maybe it's connected, right? Like you said in the intro, to how we perceive ourselves, and that's our own worth, and maybe that's a job or what position we hold. If your self esteem is tanking, then what are the things that you might need to do to make sure that that stays intact, right? So maybe it could be volunteering somewhere to engage with others and have a position, even if it's not a paid position right? To boost your self-esteem. You're doing something. You're getting out there. You're being proactive, productive, right? Um, And then finally, which if I remember correctly, Maslow, this is like something that like takes years. Self-actualization is the last stage and that's like creativity, spontaneity, problem solving. Um, Those kinds of things are something that is in the future. It's not, you can't just go through these steps in a week, right? And
0: it's a a process,
1: right? And they're fluid. So you may have your self-esteem intact and your love and belonging and your safety and your physiological needs. You may have all those, but then you lose your job. So then you lose your self-esteem or maybe you start isolating. So then your love and belonging kind of takes a hit. So you can go down the ladder and back up the ladder. It's fluid, you know, but these are the kinds of things that you need to evaluate when we're talking about, Cutting back versus cutting out, what do you need to make sure that you feel safe, supported, accepted, loved? How can you do your best work?
0: Got it. So it's almost to give kind of another another sort of mental image for folks who are listening to this, you know, podcast form, if you will, uh, because I've been mean, actually you have this cute little chart here with, with little cartoon Abraham Maslow waving at us. Um, it's almost like a meter that you can fluctuate on a little bit. Like, uh, you know, if you're in the the orange or the red at the bottom of this meter, this graphic that you're showing uh, me, that's the danger zone basically, because you're not getting those things that are, you know, higher up when, when you have that, uh, that self-actualization, you know, you're not, your, your bar isn't full if you will. (laughs) So that's very interesting. And again, uh, for those of you who are you know, going to be, you know, visiting our, new website here, which will, which is launching uh, probably not by the time you hear this, but I would say probably the week after uh, you'll be able to see show notes and things like that with all the cool stuff that we talk about. So that's good. Uh, continuing the discussion though, Christine. So we all have, and that was a great explanation of kind of feeling what feeling and finding out what, you know, the needs were and why cutting back is preferable to cutting out. Uh, so we all have these responsibilities to, our homes and our families and our communities and our friends and, and finding a new job or maybe even landing something that is just kind of a, a job to pay the bills. Uh, you know, one of our other guests a couple of weeks ago said that, um, you know, sometimes you do have to suck it up and go be the the fry master at McDonald's. Um, and that might be that own person's, you know, sort of unique hell that they're listening uh, that that listener is in. What are some of the techniques that can be used by people to make sure that there's time for them When they have this giant list of things to do in daily life, as well as you know, getting back in the swing of things with their career.
1: So you actually, this isn't in like the notes that I took for today, but I just thought of it. That's okay.
0: That's you can always be spontaneous. I promise. Yeah,
1: improv (laughs) here. Um, But sometimes getting your dream job isn't, and I think I'll talk about this a little bit more. But sometimes getting your dream job isn't the end all be all, right? So you can have a great job, but your personal life is tanking like that can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's important to make sure that you take time for yourself, do that check-in no matter where you're at. And so if you do find yourself, because sometimes we don't have control over how, things come to us. So we may have to take that job we hate. Making sure that you compensate for that with something else. So thinking about, okay, here's the job that I can't stand, but I'm going to work it for X number of hours a week. Making sure that you do something completely on the opposite end of that spectrum so that you can get the fulfillment somewhere else, right? It's important to make sure that Here's the reality. We spend more time at a job than we do. Pandemic aside. Yeah.
0: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> at a job than we do with our own families and doing things that we want to do. And so when we have to go to this job for X number of hours a week that really drains us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, we have to compensate for that somehow. So that's really important just to kind of just keep that in your mind is like, we'll put a, I'll put a pin in that for now. We'll come back to it. But that's really important to think about when we're talking about time for self and what our responsibilities really are. Because sometimes, you know, I'm sure like some listeners will say like, okay, well that's how fine and well lady, but in reality, I need to take this job. That's great. Compensate for it somewhere else. So we'll kind of pin that in for, for another time a little bit later. But so I like to use for this, I had a client that I was doing, I was completing an intake and she wasn't very sure if she wanted services or not with us, you know, if she wanted to go to therapy. She knew that she needed it, but we kept circling back to this idea of, well, maybe I'll start therapy once I get a job or once I get this or once I get this. Um, And as much as I can appreciate that, because yes, We need money to live, right? Regardless of you know, regardless of what the situation actually is. We need we need to, to have a job, most of us anyway. So when we have that like conundrum and we have like this, okay, I know that I need help. I know that I need something else. You can't always say, Well, until this happens, right? It's like people who save their whole life to take like this really amazing vacation. Like, yeah. Oh, once I retire once I, re- what if you never get there? Right. And I'm not trying to like damper on the episode, but I mean, if you never get to that, there's never going to be a right time for therapy for, you know, that dream vacation that what it's, it is, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And so if you need in this client example that I was using, she really needed therapy. That's really what she needed because if you're trying to get a job and you're stressed out and you're overwhelmed and there's all these things going on, I understand that you don't want to take the time to go to therapy because you could do that, you know, you could spend that time doing resumes or um, job hunting or, but at the same time, if you go into an interview and all of your stuff is coming in there with you, how are you going to be clear-headed?
0: Good point. Very good point.
1: Right. I like to use the example of like, um, d- different ways of describing this. But it's either like a um, like a full cup or like a full closet, right? So, using the cup example, every day we have our things that fill our cup up. So we start our day with an empty cup, and as the day goes on, right? Someone cuts us off, and um, so we get mad about that, and we just put that in our cup, and then. We go to work and our boss says this, or we're trying to, you know, we get that email that says, oh, thank you for applying, but you know, right. it's not out. Um, so all these things fill up this cup. And if you don't drain that, then you start the following day with a full cup. It never goes away. So now you have a full cup starting your day, knowing full well that that day is going to bring its own things that are going to fill up that cup and that's where we see I, i talk about things in terms of anger anger is a secondary emotion primary being fear shame guilt stuff like that um and so if we have this full cup anger might be because we're feeling overwhelmed And instead of saying, ooh, I need to take a moment and drain this cup so that I can be clear-headed about something, I'm just going to get angry and lash out at someone because that's going to make me feel good. And then that'll help me shove everything down in that cup and contain it.
0: Right, but it comes to the cost, obviously.
1: Exactly. And so what's really important is figuring out a way to drain the cup so that you can be the best version of you in our context of being in an interview being clear-headed when you're trying to work through resumes job applications putting your best foot forward how are you going to do that if you're worried about you know having to do the dishes or having to do this or running after the kids or all these things if you don't drain that somehow you're never going to get to the, the the clear path that you need to get to in order to you know make that next job move happen
0: Got it. That's actually, I, I love that analogy of the, the, you know, the cup or, or the closet that you can't pack anything else into. Right. And, and that's, that's a really good way. And I think that illustrates things perfectly. Uh, but I do want to, I'm going to kind of ne- needle on this a little bit further because I want to drill a little bit more because there might be somebody out there. And, and Christine, I'm really curious as the advice and techniques that you might have for this person, there might be somebody listening right now, who is our worst case scenario. The person who is either barely afloat financially Uh, And is, or, or is soon to drown financially, no job, ton of bills, no savings, two kids, husbands out of work too, whatever it might be. Uh, How does this person who has really limited resources help keep themselves in a healthy place when it comes to job hunting and dealing with their daily grind? And maybe, you know, they, maybe they can't go get their, you know, $3 coffee from Starbucks that helps them drain the cup because that's macaroni for the kids tonight.
1: Right you need to be honest with yourself. And I don't, I don't mean just saying it just to say it like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be honest with myself. We need as people to really be honest with what we need. And when I say what we actually need, it might be, and I know that this, this is something that I definitely do a lot of is I make lists And people might say like, oh yeah, that's a no brainer. But sometimes I get overwhelmed to the point where I'm trying to, it's like my sink is overflowing, right? And I'm trying to like contain it somehow, Mm -hmm. but but I can't. And so instead of just trying to contain, let it all spill out. Like let it all out. If you need to write down a list of all of the things that are like making you really mad, Put it all down on a list because once it's out there, then you can manage it. But if you're sitting there and you're thinking about one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing, and you're constantly overwhelmed, you can't ever like see the larger picture. You're going to be moving from point to point to point to point without conceptualizing the whole thing. And so it's really important to be honest and, I make a list right saying I need to do the dishes, do the laundry, do this this this. Same thing with job hunting. What's your realistic goal? Like if you if you give yourself a very general goal, you're never going to accomplish anything and then that goes back to what we're talking about the hierarchy of needs. How are you going to feel accomplished and raise your self-esteem if every day you're giving yourself this really lofty goal of some general thing. Like I'm gonna apply to a bunch of jobs today. Okay, well, what's a bunch? How are you gonna know that you did that or accomplished it? How are you gonna feel good about that? If you decide to write down, okay, I'm gonna apply to 10 jobs today. I'm gonna do that by 2.30 p.m. I'm going to give myself an hour break. You're not gonna feel bad about taking a break you are going to feel accomplished because you can actually check something off of a list. I love that. And you can see it. You can see like, wow, look at all the things I did. Because sometimes our negative self-talk is so huge that I'm a failure all day. Like no matter how many things I actually got done that day, I'm still going to feel like a failure because I don't have anything visually that tells me, yeah, I did something today all i know is that there's still all these other things to do that may be true mm-hmm. but if you have a a list of things that you checked off you can say like yeah maybe i still need to do this this and this but i did accomplish these 12 things today on my list
0: pretty good yeah okay and that that actually it's I'm glad you said that because that kind of technique, like I'm a list maker myself for exactly that reason. And I've never actually been in the, the situation where it's been that bad, where I need to, you know, grind out as many job applications as I can in you know, a short amount of time. But I think that even in something like this, which, you know, this whole show is now my own new business venture. I have to, I have so many things to do like website design and things like that, that I, I have to make this list. And I think it's a great all around tactic for, Anybody, whether you're in that that almost drowning situation or even if you're not even close to it. Hmm.
1: And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do um only like job-related tasks. I mean one thing on there can be take a walk. One thing on there could be play with my kids for 30 minutes. Or and again. It's, it's all what you make of it. Some people might think that journaling is helpful, right? I'm going to write about all the things I did today and, you know, maybe that'll help. Um, but it's important to at least schedule yourself in some way because I think we talked in, in the last episode a little bit about continuity and it's so important to have some form of stability. And if you don't have something stable, like, you know, a schedule or something that God <laughs> might provide you with. Right. And I feel like a lot of listeners are probably thinking about this and thinking of it in the terms of the pandemic. Like we're not used to working from home. I know no. I'm not used to working from home. I'm used to being at, you know, in the office by like eight 30, you know, I do this, this, this clients until this time I go home, I do this thing. And I came into like my home office and now I'm sitting here like Now what do I do? Like, what, like, what, what is my day going to look like? I don't know. So having a schedule of I'm going to check my voicemail this many times a day. These are the times I'm going to check it. Those are the things that really get me moving and like, Oh yeah, like I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do this. And, and so having that, that thing, it makes you feel productive. It makes you feel better about yourself and, and it might check off a, a number of those things on the needs list.
0: Interesting, and it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the pandemic because that has thrown so many things on its head, and for so many people, work and home have become the same place. And I'm curious, and maybe this is just a little slight steer off the uh, the main topic that we're doing here. How can folks learn to learn to set boundaries on maybe some of the new expectations that? companies are having for them since they're maybe working from home and whether it's in a job they don't like, or maybe they, they just got a job and it's like, this is really strange. How can folks kind of look to set those boundaries and, and what's healthy?
1: So I just saw like this amazing thing on Instagram about it and I cannot for the life of me remember off the top of my head what it is, but there was this, it basically was a quote about like your worth is not tied to your productivity.
0: Okay, I've seen that. Yes, I've I've read exactly that.
1: And people need to know that. um, That we are in a situation now that we do not understand. And that's not a bad thing, right? Because through change comes like revitalization, right? Right. Um, Yes. And transformation. Um, But we don't know how to navigate that. And sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know. And taking care of yourself is doing something about that. This is not, Oh, I'm not doing anything. This is giving time to yourself, making time for yourself in whatever way is appropriate for you so that you are able to do the work you need to do and achieve the goals you want to achieve. And when we're talking about different expectations, obviously within reason, you have to adapt to the new parameters. It is what it is. Right. Yes. But you can still have your schedule like, hey, I'm not working on my laptop past five o'clock. Or like I have some clients who only want to do over the phone because they're on their laptop all day. And so doing a video session with me is just another hour of their time spent on their laptop that they don't want. And Uh, I'm
0: okay
1: okay with that. It's adapting, you know?
0: Good, good. Okay. So, So I guess perhaps being a little bit more forceful is not the word I want to use, but a little bit more upfront with the people who are telling you that hey you're you're working from home now and these are our expectations, maybe a little bit of I don't want to say pushback, but making sure you kind of maintain, you know, your boundaries between the two is is definitely warranted.
1: Well and I would I would even go so far as to say ask what those expectations are. There's nothing wrong with saying to your and I and this may be another episode with another guest, but really talking about what, you know, what type of boss do you have? Right, because obviously it's important because you you know different different things. Um, my boss gives me a lot of autonomy, which is great and not so great because (laughs) because I can do it all ever I want. But then, like I said previously, I have to then schedule myself. Now I got in a groove of doing that, but it was harder for me to kind of finagle. Well, I'm so used to a schedule and I don't have one and I have to make my own. But asking your boss or whoever you report to or whatever the company is what do those parameters look like? Do I have to do eight hours of my choice? Do I have to do nine to five? Do I have to? And, and I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily recommend saying, do I have to, but like, what does my day have to look like? Um, or what things are required for me to fit the the bill for what they're looking for? Because if they are saying, you have to be on for eight hours. Maybe you work better in the evening. Maybe you work better really early in the morning, right? If you have the ability to be flexible in that way, there's nothing wrong with asking questions about what does that need to look like so that you can create the best schedule for you. That's self-care in and of itself.
0: Okay, see, thank you for tying that right back together because I, I was like, ooh, and this is how we can how right. we can do that. But uh, So that was actually a question I really wanted to to get out there. And I think that there is, as you said, a... Maybe there's an episode tied to that with some uh, some folks who have more insight than I do of that on you know here's how you deal with a, a micromanager and a macro manager when it comes to working from home. I think right. I'll, I'll thank you kindly for the idea and uh, <laughs> good things like that, which is awesome. Uh, but I think that that it's timely because we're still in this this time where a lot of people are are struggling and they may be struggling with the job that they already have and they're listening to this show because they want to find something better. You know, they want to find something a little bit more uh, flexible and and freedom it, uh, is always a good thing. So good deal. Thank you for indulging my, my tangent there, Christine. That was fantastic. All right. We're uh, we've got a couple more questions here before we kind of tie things out here. Um, and this is, I wanted to bring the kind of attitude back up. We've been spending a lot of time talking about, you know, people who are, having a hard time or or maybe need to learn to self-care and things like that. Would you be kind enough to share your biggest success story and what you can tell us about how they got their self-care game kind of back on track?
1: Oof. Um, Yeah. So I, to be very honest with you, I feel like the pandemic has been great for therapy. Um, Really? Yeah. And it's so weird to say that, but although there are lots of things that we're working on, my clients and I, I think the fact that they're able to be in their safe space when they do therapy with me, like they're at home, they're in their place that they feel safest. Right. Right. And so in a lot of ways, most of my clients have made huge strides.
0: That's awesome.
1: Just because they don't have to kind of warm up to the space that, that I've brought them into, they are in their own. And so we don't even have to have that conversation. We don't even have to do ice breaking of any kind. We're just there. And so it just, it elevates the therapeutic relationship in my opinion. Um, So I think that is great that you, you know, that we're allowed to be in our safe places, whether that be working, whether that be therapy, I think it's just kind of nice to have the ability to be in a place that of your own design when you're when you're going through some difficult stuff. Um so as far as success story um I know one one person in particular um trying to be as vague but
0: Yeah and again I would never like ever customer. want you to give um, names or anything like that.
1: Yeah There was one person that, um, that I saw, which the situation just kind of was like, so obviously I work in trauma, so it was trauma related. Yes. Um, and they were very big into art and through the kind of lack of self-care, the lack of, um, of figuring out what they needed, the art kind of went to the wayside. Okay. Um, And it was really disheartening because I knew that at some point it was a very big deal to them. And it was more than a hobby. It was a passion. And for that passion to be like totally snuffed out by trauma, by like economic circumstances, all these things, um, mental health concerns, all of this stuff, all stemming from childhood, some adulthood, um, After we worked together for, mm, I want to say maybe three or four months, out of nowhere, they sent me an email with a painting that they had.
0: (gasps) That's so cool.
1: And it was so fantastic because they had mentioned to me that they put the word future underneath the tv just wrote it on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and put it underneath their tv so that every time they sat down to watch tv they saw future like
0: oh i have a
1: future future is possible
0: that's really deep and yeah really I've, a great tactic too and i can see it working kind of from the other side of the i have a future or this is my future if i don't get to doing what I need to be doing like it's it's positive and you know foreboding at the same time so that's
1: yeah and so for for this particular client it was so wonderful to actually start yes we definitely went to those places went to those dark thing through those dark things talked about them you know worked tirelessly through them but the fact that there was another side to come to was a really great reminder. Like I really need to remember that this is still possible, that this is happening. And then out of nowhere to spontaneously get that email. That's just so neat. They felt compelled to, to do art, to, to create something that tells me that healing is happening, that, that movement is happening, that progress is happening. And so that is something that I think when we're we're talking in terms of self-care, it was, what do I need and what I need is to work through these things and once I realize the things I needed to work through, then the blocks are no longer there and I can create. I can be.
0: Okay. Wow. That and that again very just uplifting as yeah. and that's that's why you do what you do, obviously. Neat. Neat. Totally. So, yeah. Awesome. Well I think I think that I kinda Turn the turn the corner on the show here. So (laughs) which is great. Again, it is tough to talk about uh things that are are down like this, you know, like people needing jobs, people having facing financial shortages. Uh so again, this has just been a wonderful thing, Christine. We're gonna close out with a couple quick things here. Um so what in your mind, what does the average listener or maybe even myself not know about self care?
1: So it is difficult, it takes work. Um, you, I don't want to say like honest with yourself again, but like overcoming all the things that losing your job will bring to you because they will show up the guilt, the shame, the, the feelings of inadequacy mm-hmm. they will show up, um, be real with yourself. in the fact that everyone else goes through it. It is not just you. Um, I think that is a huge thing that people don't take into consideration. Like, oh, I lost my job. That's true. And I'm not discrediting the fact that that's very traumatic for you. Right. But other people lose their jobs. You are not alone in this. You don't have to be alone in this. Do not isolate yourself. Reach out in whatever way. And I, I spoke a little bit about primary and secondary emotions, but... If you're getting angry a lot or um, you're feeling all these things, what is the root cause of that? So like I said, of anger being a secondary emotion, primary emotion, fear, shame, guilt, disappointment, all these things, get in touch with what those are. That's, that's the really tough part about self-care is figuring out what's the root cause, what's the, what's the actual need based on that root cause, and how do I get that
0: need met? Okay. That was, again, I love talking to you about this because like I learned that's the best part. Like huh. now when I, when I was, you know, when I had lost my job a little while ago, what, you know, what, what how did I feel? I was like, maybe shame was the real, real one, you know, things yeah. like that. And I think that for a lot of people really is perhaps it, you know, again, we this silly society we live in really places a lot of value on being productive and look at me. And I have this car and this house and this hats and whatever it might be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Alrighty. Last one from me. Then I get to turn it over to you for just a little bit. Okay. So Christine, what about men overall mental health? What's the biggest me- misconception out there that it- people have when it comes to feeling fulfilled in their daily life or job? What's the biggest misconception?
1: Oh, that money is going to provide all your happiness.
0: Ah, the old adage. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> If you think for one second, and I'm including myself in this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we've all been there, some of us might still be there. I might go back to that place. Who knows? If you think for one second that money is going to bring you everything, or that perfect job is going to bring you everything, or you know, once I make X number of dollars, then I'm going to be happy, that is a lie that you are telling yourself. It's just true. Like you're you're just lying to yourself. And I'm not saying that in a punitive way. I'm saying don't let that be the reason you're doing certain things because there are, I remember like my dad said something to me and this is years ago, but my dad had said something to me about um, how, you know, he had seen the CEO of the company that he was working for on the beach. Like when he, he and my mom had gone on vacation um, to like Mexico or something. And um, he had seen his CEO of the same company on the same beach. He was on phone like his family was off doing whatever but he was like working oh
0: he was chained to it
1: and okay that's great so you have all this money and this prestige and this title and all this other stuff right that's great but you can't even enjoy the beach oh so are you like are you really happy or are you so again going back to the same thing that we've been talking about but what do you actually want I mean, stability is one thing. Prestige is another, right? Um, and so what do you actually want? Do you want stability so that you can enjoy the beach? Or do you want the, the name, but you're never going to get to enjoy the beach?
0: I see. That's funny because I took a uh, personality test once that had a couple of those. I think it's called a uh, fascination advantage. I don't know if you've heard of that one. And they put my two things, at least at the time I took it, which was about, oh, I'm going to say seven or eight years ago now, uh, they were power and prestige because I, I wanted to, you know, climb the corporate ladder and things like that. And that's, I think that's changed a little bit, but at the same time, I think you brought up a great point of, it's not all it's cracked up to be being, being the king, if you will, can kind of suck.
1: Right. Hmm. Cause then you have to make all the decisions and everybody relies on you. And that's just as overwhelming as no one relying on you.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Your turn, my friend. What did I miss? What did I miss about self-care?
1: So the ever changing need, um, has to be recognized. So you may start your job hunt wanting X, Y, or Z, And that may be true to self. However, after you kind of look at things a little bit and maybe you get a job that you don't really like, but maybe it affords you different things. So say you don't like the job that you're in, but you have more flexibility to be with your family. Maybe then you need to reevaluate and think, I can handle this job that I don't really care for all that much because it gives me the time with my family that I care about way more. And so making sure that, when you're looking at what you need, that getting that job does not stop this. This does not end with with getting a job. That's just a jumping off point because you're we we as beings are constantly evolving, we're constantly changing, and that includes your responsibility to yourself to check in to make sure that you are getting everything that you need. And like we were talking about with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, are you getting something from all those boxes? Are you are you climbing those, that ladder? Are you constantly trying to attain the things that you want to attain, whether that be um, stability financially or um, more closeness with others, or closeness with your spouse, or whatever that looks like, right? Are you attaining those things? And if you're not, where's the block, and how do you need to get rid of that?
0: Got it. Wow. Again, and great things that I didn't pick up on. Again, that that continuing uh, continuation, if you will, throughout life, when life is good, when times are good, maybe self-care is almost just as important or if not, maybe even more.
1: And, you know, and I think about this a lot in my work because working in trauma, especially working in sexual trauma, which is what I do, um, I love the work that I do and the breakthroughs that people are making, but I noticed I went on vacation a few weeks back and, and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, don't leave, you know, COVID. Ah. And it wasn't about going and being a tourist somewhere. It wasn't about going and doing things out. That wasn't what it was about. It was about, I needed to change my scenery because I knew that I, as much as I love what I do, I needed a break. I needed a break and I love my job. My job is my passion. I'm very excited about it every single day. There's never been a day where I didn't want to show up, but the thing is, is that I needed a day, I needed a week where I just wasn't a therapist. I was just Christine. Like Christine is going on vacation. She is not going to like, and it's so funny because it was my, my husband and I and another couple. And we literally just rented a condo and we like ordered DoorDash and played board games and stuff. Like we didn't even like go out and, and really do anything. But the the whole point was that we changed our scenery. I got back in touch with myself. I wrote a whole bunch of my dissertation um, while I was down there, which I didn't even plan on doing. And so so it was just about checking in with myself and I was like, wow, I am exhausted and I'm sick of looking at the same four walls every day sure. and I need to get out. And so that might, you know, for other people who maybe they can't take a vacation, what is something different that you can do that day or that week or just so that you're changing things up that, you know, cause I needed to check in with myself. I needed a break. I needed to just be Christine and focus on me and not be a therapist.
0: Got it. And I'm glad you guys had such a great time because yeah. you described that just a change of scenery and that you went and you just, Hey, we ordered in and we, we played board games and fun stuff like that, that as much as, you know, eating out, can cost a lot of money and things like that. Sometimes you just have to order a pizza.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, one, one last, like one last thought I think that is so crucial is sure. one of my like favorite quotes of all time. And, and it's so like, I think fundamental, but we so often pass over the fundamental stuff is the one by Einstein where he says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life believing that it is stupid. I've actually not heard that one. Really? Okay. Oh, that's that's a
0: new one to me. I know know, he said a lot of great things.
1: So I'll say it again. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life believing that it is stupid. And... In the context of what we're talking about, if you automatically say, okay, here's my bar, here's what I need to be, is that really what you need to be? Is that really who you are? Hmm. You need to figure out who the heck you are. Like, take the time to figure out what you are. I at one point in my life wanted to be a lawyer until I realized that a lot of being a lawyer is paperwork. And I am not good with paperwork. I am not going, (laughs) I could have done that job. Yes. I could have taken the classes. I could have gotten the degrees. I could have been a lawyer, but I would have been horrible at it. And it wasn't for me. That's not my role. I would have been the fish trying to climb a tree. And I would have thought that I was stupid all the time because that's not who I am. I need to be with people. I need to talk to people. And It took a class that I was in to kind of show me that, but that's, that's a way, that's a, that's a starting off, a jumping off point to really think about where are you going to go from here? Especially if you're job hunting, who the heck are you? Who are you? What do you want? Who do you want to become? What is going to make you happy? Those are the kinds of things we need to think about when we're looking about, looking at jobs and And I mean, I know that obviously there are some things you have to do, but long-term, when you look back on your life, are you going to be thinking of all the things that you could have done? Or are you going to be like, wow, I was happy. Yeah. I'd rather be the latter myself.
0: I would as well. And there's a a great quote that I think we'll close out on that from uh, a guy who's kind of a guru of mine. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he always says, do the thing you'll regret least when you're 90 and it's all over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, exactly echoing what you said, looking back and saying, yeah, I made the right call there. I made the right call there and I'm happy and satisfied with what it is. Cause I can't do it anymore. I can't get to where I need to be because it's, it's game over. It's, you know, it, we're down to the last 30 seconds of football here, but Hey, it's all good. That's awesome. my friend. Player. Oops. Say again
1: that's the ultimate self-care.
0: Oh, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't mean to talk over you there. Sorry about that. But yeah, thank you so much, Christine. This has been just like, I feel like I'm even more enlightened than last episode with you, which is just great. So uh, if I I believe I asked you last time or that, uh, you know, we'd love to have you back again. Um, again, You're my first two-time guest. And I think we, we probably have to meander back into the psychology realm uh before we before we do have you back because i've got like eight weeks worth of stuff planned out here and it's just like (laughs) it's not not a bad thing it's just a busy thing like this is the third episode i've recorded in the past 24 hours (laughs) so we're producing a lot of content for people here to help them out Uh, so we will hear from you again in the future. And again, you've been such a great proponent of this program. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all our listeners as well. Uh, before we wrap things up, it's time for your plugs. I know you gave a few of them last time. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to encourage everybody out there. If you have questions, if you want resources, um, reach out to me, cberry, c-b-e-r-r-y at zcenter.org, uh, I am more than happy to, to answer any questions you might have about self-care, about other psychologically rated, related things. Um, absolutely reach out to me. And if you're feeling like you're in a place where your creativity is stifled or you are stifled, reach out to somebody. If it's not me, somebody else, if it's not a therapist, somebody else. So just reach out.
0: Got it. Well, that's absolutely great. So we're going to wrap things for today, folks. Again, thank you all for uh, tuning in to uh, Recruiting Hell. Of course, if uh, you know your questions do not pertain to psychology, you can email the show. Uh, in this case, uh, that's why we have experts on here, and uh, you can always uh, contact us at uh, the Recruiting Hell Podcast at gmail dot com. And uh, as I've been mentioning uh, here in this episode, and as I will mention over the couple uh, next couple of them, I apologize to everybody right now because the. The social media section here at the end it's gotten a little bit overblown and that's only because we've had so much success with the show because of you our listeners and of course our wonderful guests like you christine uh, you can obviously follow us on twitter at recruiting underscore hell instagram recruiting underscore hell underscore podcast we've got our facebook fan page and over the next few weeks here for episodes 13 which is this one 14 and 15 Uh, you're going to see a lot more stuff come online now these have been starting to be loaded onto youtube uh and of course we actually bought our brand new website recruitinghell.co uh as this is being recorded i'm building it so it's not quite ready yet by the time you listen to this uh it may be though in this case so i'm very uh very excited about that and of course you can always catch our content uh on linkedin which is kind of our primary uh, uh fishing grounds if you will to find new folks who need to uh to have a little help with their job hunt. So I do apologize to you a little bit for that laundry list. Uh, but again, as these weeks progress, we're going to squish things down, especially once that website gets put together and launched. So if you haven't subscribed, followed, or shared the show pretty much anywhere now, I would greatly appreciate it. And of course, there are millions of Americans out there who could really benefit from learning more about how to power up their job hunt. They are likely your friends and neighbors, so let's get them helped out. Uh, Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios in beautiful Port Washington, Wisconsin, and a resident show of Podcast Town. If you're looking for more great shows, check out RecruitingHell.co once I get that set up, and you'll find a list of uh, our other great content creators who I have made friends with and that helped make this show possible. Last but not least, a big thank you to Purple Planet Music for the our theme, and of course, you the listener for tuning in. Again, I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.